Yo, what's up? Welcome to Kind of Funny Games Daily for Monday, May 18th, 2020. I'm one of your hosts, Blessing Adioye Jr., and joining me is Tim Ma Fucking Gettys. Let's say most. It sounded like you said May 18th, and I was just like, I don't even know what day it is. I don't know what month it is. You might have just made a new day and month and week, whatever the fuck up, and I would believe Dude, it's 2020, the year of possibilities. Times, man. Yeah. You never know anymore, it's right? I can add a man. new date. I'm there. I mean, new date. Here's, here's, here's a new date for you. May 18th. Tim, I'm always, and I, I feel like I say this every time you're on the show, but I always have to point it out. I'm always amazed by how much you're able to to, to match. You got the you got the red uh, bomber jacket, and you got the lights to match it. It's Dude, fresh. And the black-on-black black violence going on, man. Thank you. Thank you. Oh, wait, what? The black, on, the black shirt and the black cow. I, I call it black-on-black black violence. Okay, you can say that. I can say that. <laughs> yeah, no, I'm not saying that. Um, but I will say that last night I, I watched a bunch of Disneyland shows on this, like fireworks shows and World of Color and shit with all the hue lights synced. And it was an experience. Plus, really? I can't wait till you can come over and hang out and just get in, enveloped in color and imagination. Oh, Dude, I'm so which, upset. Which hue lights are synced? What do you mean? Which, which hue lights? Is it just the ones on the side or do you have – because it looks like you got a little glow this? underneath. It's these two. Uh-huh. It's the one behind my desk right here. <laughs> All one, right. Kev, the one in the bathroom. Uh-huh. And the one in the hall, which lights up the entire hall. Whoa. It's real fucking sick. Tight. Yeah. Dude, I'm, I'm so upset because I was supposed to I was supposed to be over there to watch Parasite mm-hmm. right before the, the quarantine happened. It was supposed to be the irony. Parrot. The, <laughs> the irony in it. And, like, I, I, I can't wait to be over there to actually do that because, like, I was there to watch... Um, Horse the, Alice, girl. the horse girl, yes, the weird Allison Brie movie that mm-hmm. I actually recommend people go check out because it was actually a, quite the experience to watch it. It's called Horse Girl. Check it out. Um, and yeah, like that that theater for people for people watching and listening, that theater feels as good to sit in and actually experience as it looks. And so My shout man. out to that. I love it. I love it. But Tim, enough about theaters. Today's stories include Anthem still being worked on, Respawn Second Studio, and more because this is Kind of Funny Games Daily each and every weekday at 10 a.m. live right here on twitch.tv slash kindoffunnygames where we run you through the nerdy news you need to know about. If you're watching live, you can correct us when you get stuff wrong by going to kindoffunny.com slash you're wrong. If you don't want to watch live, you can watch later on youtube.com slash kindoffunnygames, roosterteeth.com, or you can listen later on podcast services around the globe by searching for kind of funny games daily to be a part of the show head to patreon.com slash kind of funny games where bronze members or above get to write in and silver members or above get the show ad free with the exclusive daily post show uh housekeeping next week is kind of fun house week which tim i'm gonna have you explain to the people because you've been uh you've been organizing this uh yeah man me and elise willems over at funhouse have been working on this for a while now um it all kind of spurred from the idea that lord of the rings in review starts next week uh which is very exciting for for everybody and uh elise is gonna be part of that and she hit us up she's like you know we've been talking about doing a collaboration week forever this seems like the best time to do it and i was like that is a good call so we're going to be all up in their content they're going to be all up in our content we recorded a bunch of uh, gameplay videos already that are going to go live on their channel next week they're going to be with us live for pretty much everything um adam kovic's joining us for two episodes of games daily alana's joining us for two episodes of games daily oh snap um the podcast is gonna i don't even know it's gonna be a surprise smorgasbord of of guests on that one good word um and then yeah uh elise and james are gonna be on kfaf um 
yeah, we're going to be on Dude Soup. We're going to be on screen or not screencast. That's our shit on um whatever the fuck they call their shit. The movie oh, film house. Film house. <laughs> That's yeah. what it is. Uh, but yeah, it's going to be super awesome. And uh, just there's a, a calendar going around to schedule. You can go to twitter.com slash kind of funny vids. We've been reposting it. Funhouse has been reposting it. Shenanigans are sure to ensue. Yes. So stay tuned for that. That's happening all next week. Uh, I'm very excited about it, specifically Games Daily, of course, a game to host with Olan and Adam Kovic. Uh, but we'll, you'll have more info on that later in the week as we announce the schedules. And yeah, like stay tuned at out, at Funhouse on Twitter, at Kind of Funny Vids, of course, on Twitter to keep up with the schedules and all that good stuff. Mm-hmm. Remember, remember, we're doing a core game jam uh, that's happening. Kindoffunny.com slash game jam. Uh, $100 gets donated to Extra Life for every game submitted. And to enter a game, uh, you just publish a new game on the core platform in one of four categories. Party game, kind of funniest game, retro game, and pop culture inspired game. Uh, there's 5k in prizes to be won. Again, head to uh, kindoffunny.com slash game jam for more info on that. Thank you to our Patreon producers, Mohammed Mohammed, Blackjack, and Al Tribesman. Today we're brought to you by Brooklyn and ExpressVPN, but I'll tell you about that later. For now, let's begin with what is and forever will be the Rope Report. It's time for some news. We have six stories today. Before we get into that, I, I forgot to say the most exciting part to me of the kind of funhouse week is we're finally releasing the stand up comedy special that we did at RTX last year. So it's a full two hour straight up comedy oh. special that was like professionally recorded and it has like 13 different people. Some of us doing it for our second time, some of us doing it for our third time, a lot of people doing it for their first time. It has Alana doing stand up for the very first time. It has Blaine Gibson from Rooster Teeth doing it the first time. It has Gia Harris doing stand up for the first Gia time. Was yeah, so that's that's going to that goes live next Monday on Memorial Day. Um, so exciting stuff. Awesome. Uh, can we talk about how Kevin is being sucked into space? Like there, like there's a there's a sound that I assume is the vacuum. Kevin, can you confirm it's your vacuum? So you're gonna turn like them. That's that's what's gonna happen. You're you're gonna just sit there and make fun of me. Is that what your your goal is? Because it goes. I, both I, did, ways, I didn't want to make fun of you. Kevin. I'll tear you down emotionally. Like, can you guys listening imagine the perspective that Kevin has right now? That with what he's doing to this show, that we're the bad guys for calling out the fact that there's some weird fucking space creatures trying to I, why, suck him up. Why am I making noise? Why do I have to like make these sounds? You know what I mean? You want to just do it? You can make the sounds. I should just be I mean, we, running the show, pressing the buttons. Who cares what's going on in the noise in my back, in my background? It shouldn't be here. <laughs> Kevin, all I'm saying is that I'm proud of you for keeping the house clean, for keeping that vacuum going. You know? You know. He's done. <laughs> He's gone. Story Let's number one. To the news. <laughs> Anthem is still being worked on. I'm pulling this from Matthew Handrahan at gamesindustry.biz. Uh, EA Bioware's troubled online shooter Anthem is being redesigned by an incubation team of 30 people, which is at the start of a longer process. In a post on the official blog, Bioware Austin Studio Director Christian Daly gave the first substantial update on Anthem's development since February, when it was confirmed that regular updates would be abandoned in favor of a more substantial redesign. Quote, we're committed to this project, said Daly, who added that uh, the Anthem team is is starting to validate our design hypotheses. Uh, End quote. There are around 30 people working on Anthem right now, which Daly described as its incubation team. Quote, we're a small team earning our way forward as we set out to hit our first major milestone goals. Spoiler, this is going to be a longer process. And yes, the team is small, 
But the whole point of this is to take our time and go back to the drawing board. And a small team gives us the, the agility a larger one can't afford, end quote. Daly's comments underline the, the difficulty of, of the task that Bioware has set itself, a rare case of a major publisher sticking with a failed AAA launch rather than cutting its, own, cutting its losses and moving on. In February, Games Industry Drop Biz's uh, Rob Fahey explored that idea, drawing a comparison with Square Enix's effort to rebuild Final Fantasy XIV, quote, Admitting defeat and shutting down Anthem after a year on the market would be a major blow to Bioware's credibility as a core gaming studio, end quote, Fahey said. Quote, as Square Enix has shown, a hell of a lot can be forgiven and forgotten if a game's overhaul really works well, perhaps even to the point of rescuing Bioware from, from the serious reputational damage Anthem's launch date has caused, end quote. Now, Tim, when yeah. I first saw this news story, because this was breaking, I want to say Friday during Games Daily. I, I saw it. I think I think I even I might have brought it up to Greg after the show. It was like a breaking news story, and it was one of those things where it's like, it's news, but it's not it's not big news. Like we already know Anthem's kind of revamping and, and doing all this stuff. But I wanted to bring it to the forefront of this show because I think it sparks an interesting question and conversation, which is, is it too late for Anthem? Do you think Anthem still has a chance to come back and actually be redeemed and and bring Bioware from the studio who just had two two strikeouts right with yeah. with um uh uh mass effect andromeda and anthem is is it too late do you think you no know, i don't i think that the industry has kind of proven especially in the last couple of years that it's never too late for a turnaround story anytime something seems really dire there's always the chance it comes back like stronger than ever i will say though in the case of anthem specifically I don't think that an incubation team of 30 people is the answer for that. I feel like this is kind of a last-ditch effort, and this is them trying to save face to at least stay committed to their commitments that they made um, without kind of just fully backing off. But that's not much at all, and I don't think that that's going to really solve the core issues that the the game has or more than more than just the game, the kind of perception of the game that is is out there in the public so i think that there's always a chance but i do think that when it comes to to anthem that it's a very 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 slim chance that there's a a turnaround possible here what do you think what do you think they need to do right like to the to the game itself i don't know if i actually try i got to try out anthem at all um but as as somebody who did right my main issue with anthem was that there just wasn't the, the content there it seemed like it was it, it was lacking in in a lot of the features that would make it feel like a full fledged games as a service game, right? Like you you look at a game like Destiny, and it feels like there's just so much to do. It feels and granted, Destiny took a bit of time to get there, but you know, soon after Vanilla Destiny, I think it was the Taken King that was the thing that really brought everybody back and and made everybody go like, oh snap, this is a thing worth worth looking at and playing, right? Mm-hmm. Because content they had the story they had uh they had the modes they had the the continual updates that brought people back time over time again um and that continued with destiny 2 with anthem it seems like the issues the issues with it were more to its core right like there was kind of the lack of a like a story worth caring about for a lot of people like i i remember the the new stories leading up to it and how they were talking about how like romance options weren't really a thing. And, and I think the more and more people started to realize what Anthem was going to be story-wise, the less interesting it became. Mm-hmm. Um, there's that. There was the there was the the lack of content updates, right? You had that. And then I also think like 
you just had technical problems. Like I remember while while playing in in the early days, because I only stuck with it for like maybe. Actually, I don't even know if I played the final game. I think I played the beta, which was like the week before the, the game came out. And I remember, I remember that beta having a lot of technical issues as far as games not loading, games freezing up, um, a, just a bunch of different things. And then once mm-hmm. you got into the, the final game, from what I've heard from people talking about it, those issues also carried over. Yeah, the, that those are the type of issues that I think can get kind of like pressed out over time and, and people can forgive, but it, that's only if those are the only issues. But the, I think the bigger problem is, and you know, we talked so much about Anthem and Fallout 76, at their core, their issue was that the the devs weren't delivering the game that people wanted from those devs, right? People wanted mm-hmm. a story from Bioware. Like that's what they think of when they think of quality Bioware games. And this was kind of absolutely not that. And I feel like, in order for them to turn this around, like to answer your question of what do I think they would need to do, I think that they would need to drastically commit to this and understand that they're going to lose out. I think it would have to become some type of free-to-play situation, and there would need to be a lot of kind of like make good decisions made to kind of engender a new community of people. Like it's So it's not just the jaded uh, people that first played it that paid for the game, that are angry for paying for a product that was simply not up to par. But I do think it'd, it'd be necessary to get in a community that does kind of fall in love with whatever this new product is, and then kind of over time convincing the, the older players to kind of come back. But that would all require a lot more than 30 people on a team. I think that that would require kind of a full focus on making anthem something of consequence with a lot more content and a real kind of reboot of a launch at what point do you think it's too late for him because like for for me when i hear them talking about this 30 people uh 30 person incubation team right like i think at face value that can come off as as worrisome because it makes you feel like all right this is very much a project that that like they don't care about as much right like it doesn't seem like they're putting as much focus on it uh, since this is just a 30 person team working on it but to me that that kind of tells me that it seems like th- it seems like they're really going back to the drawing board like the fact that they're that that they have i feel like with 30 people you can have those focused conversations of like all right let's really focus on what works what doesn't work let's focus on what we can kind of flesh out and just throw things at a wall and see what sticks and see what doesn't stick i feel like with 30 people you're those conversations become more clearer as opposed to having a, a larger team still working on upsta- updates, still still cranking stuff out. Um, and so, like, for me, if they come back in, like, let's say fall with something substantial, say they do call it Anthem 2.0 or they call it Anthem Next or or I, I guess they could do the No Man's Sky thing. I think it was called No Man's Sky Next, right? Go with that and and try to have that, I guess, last last effort push in order to get mm-hmm. people in, right? Like, if that last push doesn't work, then I think it's over. But I th- I feel like they could have one more shot if they play their cards right. Yeah. I mean, here's the thing. I think it's too late. I think the, like, at what point is it too late? It's, it's already crossed that. But I do think that there is still the option, the very slim chance, that, they're, that they could try again and it does kind of hit. I don't think it'll ever hit in, as hard as they originally wanted to and uh, envisioned it being. But... Can you imagine if this if it came out revamped, free to play, as a launch title on next gen, 
Mm. And just kind of having like that could be a pretty interesting kind of entry point for people where a lot of the issues, the tech issues could be solved with the more powerful hardware. The loading would be severely cut down, Um, but then they would still need, you you know, kind of like make some enticing events going on and and make sure that they have a roadmap that they can actually stick to. Um, But I think that it wouldn't necessarily be a selling point for people for next gen, but it would be a nice thing that we see every time a console launches, you have this new thing, you play the one or two big experiences that are kind of hyped up for launch. And then you're kind of sitting there like itching for more, like you just want to use the system. Right. And I think that that could be their best shot. I don't know if they're going to be in a place uh, to be prepared for that, but I mean, Hey, we do have EA play coming up. So like, I'm actually a little bit surprised that, EA is doing a, a conference this year. Um, what I forgot the way that they phrased the the announcement, but they made it sound like it was different than what they did last year, um, which was just kind of like the developer interview thing mm-hmm. without any actual announcements. So because last year, all we got was we knew we were going to get the debut of Fallen Order. But besides that, it was just the the interviews, right? Yeah, it was like it was like content specific for games and so you had like sims updates where i I think that sims update for for e3 would have been like the island the island themed thing and then for apex you got the new season stuff but yeah like you didn't really get any new big announcement for like any new new games aside from jedi fallen order yeah let's see um during this year's digital event we'll showcase our games through a live broadcast community content and more so i guess it doesn't necessarily say that they're making announcements so i don't know Mm -hmm. Maybe I'm wrong. Maybe maybe I mean, they're not going to. I feel like with next gen looming over the over the horizon, and with EA not necessarily having, uh, not not necessarily having a slate that we're aware about for this year outside of the sports games. Like I, I feel like, I feel like it for them not to come out and make new announcements would be a big misfire for them because at that point it's like, all right, like what are y'all doing then? Like are you mm-hmm. guys are you guys just gonna show up at? the the console manufacturer events right like are we gonna expect to see you at that playstation's thing and xbox's thing in that case like i feel like you have, you have as ea as one of the big publishers you kind of have to be there yeah um and so i i mean i don't know if i expect anthem to 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 be there in in june but i think you bring up a very good point about next gen because like say they say they do come out fresh uh at the launch of ps5 and xbox series x and it is hey we're free to play now because Destiny pretty much did it, you know, if, and if, if it's working out for Destiny, we can probably figure out a way to, to make it work and get people invested in a way where it becomes more about our, our big content drops, our big expansions than it is about buying the base game. Like the base game is really, is really going to be the thing that gets you in. Mm-hmm. Um, if they can make that work and it can come out free to play on next gen, I think that could be huge for them, especially if they have their shit together. Because yeah. at this point, I think it's going to be really hard to get people to buy Anthem. Like, I, I think that's almost an impossible ask. Um, nothing's impossible because people like No Man's Sky was pretty much able to, to figure that out. But I feel, feel like for Anthem, you probably want a, a player base that's going to be way bigger than No Man's Sky's. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, yeah, if they come out free to play towards, let's say, launch window. And they're like, hey, here's what we have for, for, for Anthem. Here's the future of it. Here's what we've done to, to make the content more interesting. Here are the different modes. Here's, um, I don't know, here's like a competitive mode. Here, here, here's this, here's that. And they're able to stick the landing. I think that could speak to a brighter future for Anthem. Totally. I just found the actual tweet that EA put out because I do remember, I swear that I, I saw this stuff. So it says EA Play goes live, goes digital in 2020. See you June 11th at 4 p.m. PST world premieres news and more there you go so yeah. we're gonna get some get some games so that that's cool 
that's we'll cool. Uh, speaking of EA, story number two, Respawn's opening a second studio to focus on, on Apex Legends. I'm pulling this from Rebecca Valentine at gamesindustry.biz. Uh, when Apex Legends launched in March of last year, Respawn Entertainment had laid the groundwork for its momentum through, de- through deals with content creators and its plan for a sudden surprise release. But speaking to gamesindustry.biz, Respawn COO Dusty, Dusty Welch says the game's sudden popularity took the, took the studio by surprise, reaching over 1 million players in its first eight hours, 10 million in three days, 25 million in a week, and 50 million in its first month. Since then, Apex Legends has, re- has remained steadily popular despite competing against multiple other free-to-play Battle Royale titles. In fact, it's popular enough that Respawn is opening a new studio in Vancouver just to focus on its continued development. This will be Respawn's second location alongside its existing studio in California and will be led by a team including, including head of operations Henry Lee and team director Steven Ferreira. They, they along with Apex Legends game director Chad Grenier, uh, joined Welch to share the philosophy behind the, the new studio and what we can expect from the coming months and years. EA CFO Blake Jorgensen has said in the past he expects Apex Legends to have to have a 10-year run ahead of it. And wow. and that it would yeah, and that it would effectively be the publisher's main shooter in fiscal 2021, which is the current fiscal year, which is how EA works. That sounds like a lot of pressure on Respawn to both create and maintain a blockbuster title, but Welch says that EA has been surprisingly hands-off. Quote I've never run into I've never run a franchise before where there's been so little or no pressure from the publisher or from corporate or my partner about about the monetization or the revenue, he says. That is not how Respawn has been wired or built. I don't think EA is wired or built that way. Some of the philosophy behind opening a second studio primarily for Apex Legends was to alleviate some of the struggles struggles of the California team, giving it giving it room to breathe and more and more total personnel to focus on the game. It's a move that seems to track with past comments by Respawn CEO Vince Zampella about Apex Legends being updated less frequently to ensure its developers weren't overworking. So, Tim, this is kind of the opposite side of the coin totally. as far as the, the Anthem thing is concerned, right? Like Apex Legends, a game that surprise dropped out of nowhere, came out, killed it, right? Got 50 million players in a month, which is huge for them and, and has remained like, a, like the big shooter coming out of EA over the last year. Right, like, and them opening up a second studio just to focus on Apex Legends seems to 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 point at like this is this is a big EA franchise going forward. It's a success story, man. Them talking about the ten year track—that's fantastic. I I think that you know you got to give them props for the shadow drop they did. That was unprecedented and a major success in every single way. The fact that they took that and wrote it out and it's still something exciting. The fact that you and Andy are equally excited now about season five that you were about season two is good yeah. news right like that's like they, they they got you by the balls and that's like as a gamer where you want to be <laughs> i mean yeah when, when it comes to this type of stuff what it what's very interesting to me and this is just very anecdotal evidence um i was talking to a bunch of my friends who are not really in the gaming sphere they play games every once in a while you know what i'm talking about just like mm-hmm. the kind of casuals that um the, the, the people that play call of duty a lot uh when apex dropped everyone was on it I feel like that was actually uh, their kind of introduction to Battle Royales. They'd heard about PUBG, Fortnite's a little too kitty, right? But Apex was like, oh, shit, I'm going to give this a shot. And they all loved it. But now that Warzone's out, they're just all on Warzone. And it's it's interesting mm-hmm. to me where 
anecdotally, it kind of seems like Apex is that steady, like real gamer game. And I, I can see that kind of holding that spot. Whereas like Rainbow Six Siege, I think is another example of a similar thing where it's like, that's a gamer's game. And the the more hardcore kind of uh, competitive multiplayer like enthusiasts are going to be playing these games for years to come if the developers keep giving them uh, events to come back to and reasons to to care. And it's a model that is just working. We I think we really first saw it start with like Overwatch where these console games are getting these updates that it's games as a service in a way that doesn't feel like the grindiness of Destiny and all that. It is more yeah. about the competitive side of it. And I love that that can live alongside the mainstream popularity of Call of Duty that will, at this point, never go away. It might take a little uh, hits and drops every once in a while, but they're going to stay relevant. And then there's the side of the, the Fortnites and things. Um, it's just it's cool to see kind of video games and the ecosystem change and evolve over time. And I think the most exciting bit of it is that there's now proof between Rainbow Six Siege and Apex Legends that there is a successful track that the gamers like, the devs like, the publishers like. Like It's just kind of like it can work without feeling yeah. abusive. Yeah, no, and for sure. I think that's the big thing for Apex, right? Like Apex for me is the battle royale game that came out and did it right from the get-go and it's just been figuring out figuring out ways to do it better and better as they go like there have been slip-ups right there have been like uh like microtransactions in apex that felt kind of predatory but even when those moments happen like you see respawn notice that and then react to it and make things better going forward like that and that's only as far as my, as, as my knowledge goes, that's only happened like maybe once or twice. Like there was an update back in August that had like a skin that like if you really wanted it, you'd have to spend money and like like basically I, I think it was like randomized in some sort of way. Like it was like you know they have they have moments of having uh, uh, items that feel predatory in that way. But overall, like if you look at Apex Legends, like it came out and not only was it like not only was it welcoming right for 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 new players not only was it was it a thing of like oh yeah this is an easy game to get into because mechanically it feels approachable but also at the same time i think it, it it pushed boundaries for battle royale games in terms of all the new mechanics added right like you have you look at the ping system you look at the mobility you look at the different characters you look at um the different abilities for all the different characters alongside like how diverse the cast is right like apex legends did so much and is doing so much to really push what the what the genre is doing um that like you know it it should be commended for that mm-hmm. um and yeah to what you're saying right like it's interesting to see this game kind of coexist with games like Fortnite and Call of Duty because yeah like Call of Duty Warzone Warzone is dope Fortnite is also dope Apex Legends for me is like the perfect battle royale game because it does it does exist in that nice space where it is like you like you call it the the gamers game and I think it is that to an extent but at the same time I think it is it's one of those things where it's it's just focused, right? Like it doesn't for me the problem the problem that I have with Warzone is that it still feels too much like Call of Duty, right? Like navigating the map, uh, for me, it doesn't necessarily feel as fun because it is like, you know, Call of Duty is designed as like more of a contained shooter, right? Like you you have different maps, you ha- you have like this is a shooter that was that was designed at the core to be played with like deathmatch in mind and modes like that. And they did a really great job of adapting that to Warzone. And they've had multiple tries to get it right because they had um, Blackout with Black Ops uh, a couple years ago. 
But for me, playing Warzone still feels somewhat not right. Whereas Apex Legends, from the ground up, like you feel mobile, you feel um, like the the way that they've adapted almost like an open world feel to the map where you are finding new areas and you get like the the pop up that is like, oh here's here's Skulltown that you just discovered. Like they like they really did things right in in Apex Legends, and so them uh, EA opening up another respawn studio in Vancouver. I think is very interesting and it, and it makes sense because this seems like a, a franchise they want to do a lot with going forward. I still maintain that prediction that we might see an Apex Legends single player game and that would be a really cool idea for them. Um, but even if not, right, like having Respawn have, have the freedom to do more, having allowing them to have the freedom to, to put all focus on Apex while at the same time working on maybe Jedi Fallen Order 2 or whatever like other games they might be working on, I think is a great choice and yeah this seems to, to this seems to point to good things for the future which i'm really excited about mm-hmm. story number three tony hawk's pro skater one and two won't have microtransactions at launch uh this is from jordan Alleman at ign who writes the tony hawk's pro skater one and two remasters won't feature microtransactions at launch but they could arrive later down the line if fans demand more content speaking to GameSpot. Vicarious Visions boss Jen O'Neill told the outlet, quote, everything that you see at launch is going to be going to be unlocked with gameplay. We're not planning to have micro we're not planning to have uh, or planning on monetization at launch, end quote. Let's be clear, that doesn't mean that doesn't seem to mean that Vicarious Visions specifically intends to, to add microtransactions later down the line for the sake of it. GameSpot appears to paraphrase O'Neill, saying that they would only arrive if there was fan demand for extra in-game content. Tim Gettys. Tony Hawk Pro Skater fan number one. How does that strike you? So first off, I just want to say Jen O'Neill is fantastic. She's great. I've talked to her many times about different things, but my favorite moment with her was E3 a couple of years ago when they were showing off Crash Insane Trilogy. And for my birthday, they brought Crash Bandicoot, the guy in the suit, over to our the GameSpot stage to like sing happy birthday to me. And while he did that, Andy Cortez was in the interview and he asked Crash Bandicoot if he wanted to come back to our sex dungeon. <laughs> and Jen's face was like, oh, no. <laughs> like, what did we get ourselves involved was that, in? I was that the same sex dungeon. E- I'm thinking about earlier E3. I remember one E3 where, like, Nick was dancing with, like, people in costumes. But that, that was, was different, that, right? was for, that was Tearaway, people. That was uh, E3 That's 2015. Was. Yeah, this was, was E3 2017. It must have been. Um, but no, okay. So go back to the, the actual question here about the microtransactions. The, it, it's a weird thing. And, like, I feel like this is kind of non-news in the sense that, like, even what they said here of, like, it's a paraphrasing. Um, it's weird because Activision loves money. <laughs> And they've proven it in some pretty shady ways. Um, but when you look at the Vicarious Visions games, like the Crash Insane trilogy and the Spyro trilogy, it's like their their DLC was super chill. Like it was free. I don't think there was any paid DLC at all. Um, and th- but there wasn't much of it. But then you look at the the Beanox side of things with uh, Crash Team Racing, and that was a similar situation where they said there wasn't going to be microtransactions at launch, and then there ended up being a lot of microtransactions. But then they ended up making stuff, and they balanced it over time, and it ended up being fine. But it's like there, there was waves of there isn't any. Now there is. Now it's kind of like chilling out a little bit. Yeah. I feel like we could see a similar situation here, even though it's a different team. It's still Activision that's um, over it. And I feel like there's a lot of different things that they could do that personally – I would be interested in 
microtransactions aren't necessarily one of them, but DLC packs, I'm fucking in, man. Tim, the nanobiologist writes in to patreon.com slash kind of funny games just like you can and says, hey guys, and happy Monday. Vicarious Visions announced that there will be no microtransactions at launch. Of course, this raises questions like what microtransactions could Activision int- introduce to a skateboarding game? So I pose the question to you. Would you like added eventually? What would you like added eventually to Tony Hawk Pro Skater? Soundtracks? New maps? What about a remaster of Tony Hawk Pro Skater 3 or Thug as, as a complete DLC pack? Thanks, the nano biologist. So um, a whole bunch of different things. I would love all of that. Um, I don't think... Like, when they released Tony Hawk's Pro Skater HD last gen, there was a DLC pack that added reverts and three Tony Hawk 3 levels. And that was cool. I would, in the style that this game is going that we've seen, I wouldn't be surprised if we end up seeing some type of Tony Hawk's Pro Skater 3 pack. Mm-hmm. I feel at minimum, we're going to get a couple levels from that game. I'm hoping there's some type of season pass system or something that actually gives us substantial content downloads. Cause I want all of this. Like I want this to end up being like, imagine if they just keep adding. So it's Tony Hawk's pro skater one plus two plus three plus yeah, like, four, th- you know, that, like, that would be my answer, right? Like, I feel like that'd be the most ideal thing. Cause you have the mechanics there. You have yeah. the, the reaver in the manual. Like they, they've designed this game in a way where if you're a Tony Hawk fan, then like, this is the ideal pro skater game for you mechanics wise. So, so you, I, you imagine they can just add plus three and it'll just all work fine. Totally. Really three. just map packs. Exactly. And um, three didn't really add anything uh, gameplay wise besides the revert. And mm-hmm. so it, this it should be in theory able to handle all of its stuff. What's really exciting to me is Tony Hawk's pro skater four was the game that kind of like opened up a lot more. It was more like open worldy maps and like the gameplay style changed where you weren't just doing two minute runs to do all the um, different goals. It was, you know, you kind of walk up or skate up to people and like, they'll give you a challenge. Then you have to do skate or whatever. So the game changes. So I'd be interested to see how they kind of get the THPS four style into this. I feel like that'd be a bit more difficult, but from a feel and gameplay perspective, when I was doing my interview with, uh, with Jen and some people over at vicarious, um, I was trying to push them and ask about the gameplay elements and, I was extremely excited that they're not just sticking to the mechanics of one and two, because I really feel like that it wasn't until four that Tony Hawk fully peaked in how it should feel. Three added the revert, but four added the spine transfers and the balancing out. So when you like go off of a um, a ramp, and if you're mm-hmm. sideways, you would just like hit the ground and fall. But in yeah, the air, you could out. hold R two and like flatten out so you actually land correctly. It was like the last mechanic that was necessary to just feel like you're in full control of your character. And they were telling me that all of that up to that is in Tony Hawk's pro skater one and two, which leads me to believe there's at least some type of plan to incorporate some things of up to four, but that would be a pretty big challenge. I don't think we're going to get thug. That would have to be its own standalone game. I think. Which is exciting yeah. to think about. Which yeah, it would be super exciting. I I I still don't know if they would do it because I feel like once you get to Thug, that becomes not obscure but not as asked for. Like I feel like Tony Tony Hawk Pro Skater is a thing that people want and people actually ask for, whereas Thug is just one of those things that would be appreciated more so than like people thirsting and fending for it. Um, I I think you are underestimating it. Uh, I, I think you're right, but I feel like if this game succeeds. There has to be the what's next. 
we saw it with crash what's next the spiral games right crash team racing i feel like it is going to be a similar thing that if this succeeds in a way that i kind of expected to and if the game is as good as i think it's going to be i would not be surprised if we got thug because thug was very popular it just tony hawk's pro skaters is so iconic and tied to playstation that it's a it's a little bit different now the one thing he was a nanobiologist bringing up music and stuff I'd, I'd be interested in that. Probably less interested, though, than uh, adding more maps and stuff. But, I mean, hey, fuck it. If they add Tony Hawk's Pro Skater 3 maps, I want Tony Hawk's Pro Skater 3 yeah. soundtrack for sure. That's my thing, too. Like, I think that'd be a great drop, right? Of, of like, say, a, a year after they launch this, you then get the DLC trailer. And it is, like, introducing the plus three pack. And it is, like, new maps, new songs. And it is the, the songs that you love from Tony Hawk Pro Skater 3. Oh you get exhibited there. Oh, my God. Um and then yeah like i think from there i guess new how many new characters were there from in in tony Hawk pro skater 3 from 2 right like i don't remember i don't remember either Uh, the ones i mainly remember are like the special characters but maybe you do that right maybe you do no way uh, we're not getting wolverine and darth maul (laughs) officer dick or whatever like (laughs) i imagine we're gonna get even in this he was number one oh was he in all he's been in all oh snap i just remember at least the main ones um but yeah no that's it's exciting but i uh the one thing that i really want a feature i want from this game that i don't think they're gonna do is i love the soundtrack i I know i don't know if we reported on this news on friday or not but they released the official soundtrack soundtrack, yeah that was part of like you're wrong there's like five there's like five uh missing songs or whatever and like honestly dub pistol cyclone from tony hawk 2 is in it and that's the one that i was most worried about getting cut so i'm pretty happy but i wish that there'd be spotify um feature. integration integration yeah. yeah where you can just put whatever you want because then you can just put whatever the fuck you want yeah <laughs> like imagine skating to kick push by lupe fiasco <laughs> god i want it so bad right and I when know. nanobiologist mentions like uh soundtracks right like i'll love i actually would enjoy music packs if it was new music like here's here's how skater culture has evolved over the last 20 years yeah. and we're yeah we're, we're adding songs like kick push or like we're adding like some Lil Wayne songs since Lil Wayne mm-hmm. is, is heavily associated with skating now. Like Lil Wayne, I feel like those you, be- Lil Wayne, I booted up Tony Hawk's Pro Skater Five because I was that fucking itching for this game. Mm-hmm. And Lil Wayne is a skater in that game, bless. Yeah, man. Like I, I honestly don't think it's it's outside the realm of possibility to like even. I mean, Lil Wayne is a skater wouldn't even surprise me in this game. I mean, the the only reason I think they might not do is because that uh, you get that association with Tony Hawk Pro Skater Five, but you do it as later DLC. Like people don't bat an eye because we've already gotten the the we already know that this is a good game. All right, yeah. cool. Yeah, add Lil Wayne because because we want to see it as I'm like, I feel I feel like I feel like that'd be another great DLC drop, right? Like the the Lil Wayne pack. Here's the character. Here's here's a couple songs. Yeah, I gotta be real though. THPS Five is as bad as I remember. Oh, is it? It's that doesn't surprise rash. me. Rash. I remember because I never played THPS five for obvious reasons, um, but I remember like watching gameplay of it and being like, "How did so they get it this bad?" Yeah, like they just how how up, how did they do this? Right, like you and I'm, video games aren't easy to make. Obviously, like we all know this. Like it's it's a lot of hard work. It's a lot of moving parts. It's a lot of mathematics that I don't understand. But like, <laughs> I feel like the Tony Hawk Pro Skater. There's a certain feel that you should be able to 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 get down. There's there's a certain way that you, that. Like you, you should know how Tony Hawk Pro Skater feels, mm-hmm. and the fact that they could get it so wrong shocks me. Yeah, it's sad. It's wild. Speaking of wild, story number four: Ubisoft is suing Apple and Google over a mobile Rainbow Six Siege clone. 
I'm pulling this from Jordan Alleman at IGN. Uh, and Kevin, there's a link in the doc if you want to pull up, uh, pull this up. It's, it's a link to the IGN article, and they have some comparison photos. I'm on it. Thank you. Ubisoft is suing Apple and Google over an alleged mobile Rainbow Six Siege clone released for iOS and Android. The game created by Alibaba's uh, eJoy.com is called Area F2. A Bloomberg, a Bloomberg report digs into the, the, the details of the lawsuit in which Ubisoft cl- Ubisoft's suit claims that Area F2 copies, quote, virtually every aspect, end quote, of Rainbow Six Siege, noting the, the operator selection screen and the final scoring, scoring screen as being particularly derivative. The game has millions of downloads so far. The Play Store alone lists over 5 million and touts itself as the first CQB FPS on mobile offering a, a selection of agents, destructible environments, and equipment. Sounds familiar. Having tried the game for ourselves, and this is IGN talking, uh, the resemblance is striking, with maps, loadouts, and more feeling instantly familiar to a Siege player. Uh, Kevin has it pulled up, the images. And let me tell you, when I first saw these images, when I was doing like the scroll back and forth uh, so you can kind of see uh, which is Rainbow Six and which is Area F2, uh, at first I saw, I saw the, the pics of the mobile game and thought, oh, wow. Siege season one looks really different. <laughs> like I didn't realize how much they updated it. Turns out that's not Siege. Turns out that's the mobile game. When I and first so, saw this, I saw it in video form, and the video was flashing back and forth between the two, and I couldn't. I didn't know which was which. So I'm right there with you. Where it was just yeah. like, oh my god, these are so similar that like it's hard to tell when they're they're switching off. It's ridiculous, and they deserve yeah. to get sued. Like as, as somebody who who plays quite a bit of Siege now, who didn't play it at launch, you could have told me that this was an image of siege at launch and i had been like oh cool sweet yeah that seems about right um so yeah interesting fun story for you there uh story number five and this is a tim joint uh tim mm-hmm. dropped this in the flag. uh you can play a new dance dance revolution game in your browser right now this is from ethan gatch at kotaku uh overnight konami released an, an alpha version of its upcoming browser-based dance dance revolution 5 on pc the company just tweeted it out Currently free, the demo includes 15 songs you can play on a range of difficulties from beginner up to expert. I'm not familiar with any of the songs, and again, this is Kotaku, but that didn't stop my head bombing, bobbing, like, uh, bobbing like mad to the tuned up beats. Instead of using a dance pad or controller to enter commands, you, can, you use the arrow keys on your keyboard, and they later updated the article to say that they, they, they figured out how to, um, uh, they figured out how to, how to plug in a controller uh, so you can play it that way too. Uh, it's just like being back in in an early aughts arcade tourney, passing the time until your turn until your turn playing Step Mania on a stranger's laptop. And given how many of us are currently stuck at home, I can't think of a better better moment to fall back down the DDR hole. Yeah. Uh, all you need to do, yeah, so so interesting way to phrase it. All you need to do is start uh, playing. All you need to do to start playing is make a Konami account with the help of Google with the help of Google Auto Translate, if you don't read Japanese, uh, and then click on the first orange tab on the left of the game's homepage. Tim, yes. are you excited to do this? I did it yesterday, and I played oh. for way too long. Super fun. I love rhythm games, and like even dance pad or not, I just like love using the keyboard for it, and it was super fun. None of the 15 songs are like classic DDR songs, but they have the vibe, and it brought me back immediately. So much so that I looked into... like I've been looking into getting a mat, um for the Wait, house do you not have do you not have your old mat well i mean those are all pieces of shit those oh, are, are they those are long gone yeah are you gonna get a nice ass mat one of them so here's my thing kev 
I'm I, I was bro. debating getting a nice ass one, but then I was like, I'm not ready to commit that I'm going to use it that much. So I, I settled for one that there was like a $60 one that I found that people were oh, recommending. Come on, Tim. And I was like, I mean, here's the thing. If I end up using it enough, then I'll commit and get a little better one. I don't believe you. And neither does the chat. Am I right, chat? Give me a woot woot. Hate him so much. <laughs> anyway, this is cool stuff. You can go check it out now. Um, but yeah, it's it's a very interesting random thing for them to do. Konami, never making sense with their business moves. But here we are. There you are. And this story number six is a quick one. Uh, Gamescom opening night live is now happening on August 27th. This comes from a tweet from Jeff Keighley. Uh, he tweeted earlier today. He said, quick update at Gamescom opening night live will now take place on August 27th and kick off three days of Gamescom 2020. So there you go, Tim. Cool. I'm very excited for Gamescom opening night live. But August 27th, 2020 is so far away. If I want to know what's coming out to mom and grab shops today, where would I look? The official list of upcoming software across each and every platform is listed by the Kind of Funny Games Daily Show hosts each and every weekday. Yeah. Out today, we got Superhero X for PS4. That made me uncomfortable, Kevin. We got Run for PC and Mac, Vector Lord for PC, Collection Quest for PC, Dungeon Solver for PC, and Get Over Blood for PC and Mac. Uh, we got no new dates and no deals of the day. Now it's time for Reader Mail. You can write into patreon.com slash kindoffunnygames where you can get the show ad-free. And speaking of ads, this episode of Kind of Funny Games Daily is brought to you by Brooke Lennon. Bringing comfort into your home is the ultimate form of self-care. And now, more than ever, it's important to take care of yourself and each other. You spend one-third of your life in sheets. Don't you want them to be insanely comfortable? So put comfort first, like with new bedding, loungewear, towels, and more. Kind of funny, loves Brooklinen. Uh, Tim says it keeps him comfortable, and he's able to get the right colors that match with his room. Ain't that right, Tim? Mm-hmm. It's very true. Brooklinen products help you find comfort in the little things, morning routines, extra soft sheets, plush towels, comfortable loungewear, etc. It's hard to imagine a summer stuck inside the house, but if we have to do if we have to do it to keep everyone safe, I want to be as comfortable as possible. That's where Brooklinen comes in. Brooklinen's Mem- Memorial Day event is going on now, and you don't want to miss out on all the big savings, including their newest Hammam and Linen collections. But if you can't wait, get 10% off your first order and free shipping with the promo code GAMES only at brooklinen.com. Brooklinen, everything you need to live your most comfortable life. We're also brought to you by ExpressVPN. Being stuck at home these days, you probably don't think much about internet privacy on your own home network. Fire up incognito mode on your browser and no one can see what you're doing, right? Wrong. Even in incognito mode, your online activity can still be traced. Even if you clear your, brow- clear your, brow- your browsing history, your internet service, pro- service provider can still see every single website you've ever visited. That's why, even when you're at home, you should never go online without using ExpressVPN. ExpressVPN makes, it, makes, makes sure your internet ser- service provider can't see what sites you visit. Instead, your internet connection is rerouted through ExpressVPN's secure servers. Each ExpressVPN server has an IP address that's shared among thousands of users. That means everything you do is anonymized and can't be traced back to you. ExpressVPN also encrypts 100% of your data with best-in-class encryption, so your information is always protected. Use the internet with confidence from your computer, tablet, or smartphone. ExpressVPN has you covered on every device. Simply tap one button and you're protected. ExpressVPN is the fastest and most trusted VPN on the market. It's rated number one by CNET 
Wired, The Verge, and countless more. So protect your online online activity today with the VPN that you should trust to, to secure your to secure your privacy. Visit our special link at expressvpn.com slash games and you can get an extra three months free on a one-year package. That's expressvpn.com slash games. Expressvpn.com slash games to learn more. Tim. Yes. Bravesfan88 writes in to patreon.com slash kind of funny games and says, Hey guys, first time ever writing in, even though I've been listening forever. I have a question about the new Tony Hawk 1 plus 2 coming out in, in September. Do you think there's a possibility that we could get to play as Spider-Man on the PlayStation version of the game? In Tony Hawk's Pro Skater 2, you, you can unlock the PlayStation version of Spider-Man from his Neversoft game and skate with him. You have to do all the challenges with create a character and... Uh, and then you can unlock Spidey as a playable character. He even had a quote in his game when when you swing by the Tony Hawk Pro Skater billboard. Uh, quote, yeah, quote, hey Tony Hawk, I've or hey Tony Hawk, I've skated with that guy. End quote. Thanks for answering and thanks for your for years of entertainment and joy you brought to me, Braves fan eighty eight. So here's the thing: we're just you're, talking, right. you're just Spider Man being in Tony Hawk's Pro Skater two was one of the hypest things I've ever seen. The yeah. secret video where it's Tony Hawk in the spider-man costume skating in real life with that sick ass 90s spider-man theme song remix well hold on the it's a 60s spider-man theme song remixed in 90s style it was awesome everyone youtube it check it out i freaking love that video i've watched it countless times um i wish we can get spider-man in the game because i loved his special moves with the webs pulling the the board to him and stuff super cool stuff we're not going to see him in Tony Hawk's Pro Skater 1 and 2, unfortunately, because licensing, obviously now Spider-Man is in different places. Neversoft, I mean, Neversoft has nothing to do with this, um, but the reason Spider-Man was in Tony Hawk 2 was because Neversoft worked on Tony Hawk and Spider-Man. Spider-Man, But, yeah. bless, but. but what has but. Vicarious Visions worked on? Crash, Crash Bandicoot, baby. Yeah, Crash Bandicoot man. is going to be in Tony Hawk's Pro Skater. And that is the most Tim Gettys Venn diagram. Boom, right in the center there. I can't believe it, but it's happening. In some of the screenshots they released, you straight up see like there's graffiti and it is from Crash Bandicoot. Honestly, I would love to see Spyro in there, right? Like as an yep. Activision property. And like going back to uh, uh, Spyro, dragon. you're the dragon. Yeah, like there's skateboarding in that game, right? Like, I feel like that'd be a really cool fit and a really cool throwback to that. I think it could be really cool to see, and I this would require like talks to happen, and this would this would require like both companies to jump over a couple of hoops, right? But like a PlayStation version of this game having Spider Man isn't necessarily out the question if like you're able to get that that PlayStation PlayStation Connect going and that Sony Connect going and that Marvel Connect going, right? Like like there's a lot of hoops to jump through, but. I think there's a possibility. I think you can make it happen. Oh my god! If they really I, wanted to make it happen, I wish. I really think that it's it'll it's just prohibitive. There's no way that they're they're, they're going to be able to to make that happen. Yeah, I would love to see it though, and I think that like that would then beg the question of what do you do on the Xbox side? Do we get Master Chief skateboarding? If you added Spider Man, you mean? Yeah, if like if they did get Spider Man on the PlayStation side, right? Like, yeah. what do you do for Microsoft? That's the thing is, I think that that just gets it gets too too complicated too quick. Where it's like they just want to like make this a complete package and, and put it out. So we're gonna get Crash. I really believe it. That's super freaking awesome. Now it's time to squad up. Jeff Lure writes in 
uh, to Squad Up on PC and says, So GTA 5 is free on the Epic Game Store, and I was wondering if any best friends wanted to hop on and make some money in GTA Online. There's a kind of funny crew with plenty of room. I'm up for heist missions or just stealing some cars from my corporate vehicle garage. So please join my crew and maybe, or so please join the crew and maybe I'll see some best friends out in Los Santos. You can add Jeff Luer on PC. Uh, Hades Council is Jeff's username. That's Hades and then C-O-U-N-C-I-L. Hades Council, which it just says PC. Okay, oh, actually he said Epic Game Store in the thing. So there you go. Add him on Epic. Now it's time for kindoffunny.com slash you're wrong where you write us in or you write in and let us know what we got wrong as we got it wrong. Uh, Ignacio Rojas says, you can already listen to Spotify while playing games on PS4. So in theory, you can listen to Spotify songs while playing Pro Skater, which is a fair point. But you can, there are ways to integrate it to make it more seamless. Like Dangerous Driving last year did that. Yeah, and and that, what I want is it it seamlessly integrated. Like you can put a playlist into the Tony Hawk game because I want every two minutes it, when you do a run for it to then move to the, a different song. You know, I want it to be part yeah. of the experience because I feel like music is so tied to Tony Hawk that I don't want it to just be music playing over the game. I want it to be like part of the experience. And then the nail biologist writes in and says, "Miss New Date, uh, Rainbow Six Siege Operation Steel Wave launches on all platforms on June 16th, 2020, with two new operators, uh, one new hard breacher attacker and one defender that slows down attackers for a couple seconds, and a map rework of house. And I definitely should have included this because I was I was literally watching this this morning. Uh, the new update looks uh, really cool. The the new two the the new breacher he's talking about here. Uh, I forget their name, but essentially they're like a long distance breacher where usually in Siege." Because, of course, like in, in Siege, it's a lot of breaching. It's a lot of like, I'm blowing down walls so I can infiltrate, so I can rescue the hostage kind of thing. You have hard breachers, which are able to like break through fortified walls. Um, but usually, like to do that, you have to like go up, go up to a wall and say, if you're playing as like Thermite, you then put like a bomb on the wall and blow it up. Uh, the new breacher they're adding for this new DLC or for this new uh, update is basically somebody who who's able to do that from long distance and is able to like, like basically, I forget if it's like a thing they shoot or a thing they throw, but basically like attach a thing to a wall from from a distance and, and break it from there and so there you go hard breacher's name is ace thank you tommy boy and you're wrong and that's it for you're wrong of course uh actually before before i sign off uh this week's hosts are tomorrow it's me and emron wednesday it's greg and gary witta thursday it's me and greg and then friday it's greg and me of course this has been kind of funny games daily each and every weekday at 10 a.m live right here on twitch.tv slash kind of funny games we run you through the nerdy news you need to know about we have a Patreon post show for those that are subbed at the silver level of patreon.com slash kind of funny games. So stick around for that. Otherwise, until next time, it's been our pleasure to serve you. <laughs>